Thank All you. right. Certainly you could relate to at least one of those. Mama's in the room. We do hide out in that bathroom, don't we? It comes in handy every once in a while. Well, welcome. Um, this is a th our third week in this series, You For Me and Me For You, where we've been talking about relationships. Uh, if you've missed any weeks, I, I promise you want to go back and listen. Last week, we talked about conflict. We don't experience conflict, right? But for the friends and family members you know who experience conflict, you may want to go back and listen to that one. Um, but as we've been talking through relationships, I don't know about you, but when I grew up in the church, we didn't ever really talk about being single. And um, that's what we're talking about today. And I love this because every single one of us starts out single, right? Like we all start our life this way. And some of us spend longer in our lives. Some of us, um, you know, have been in a relationship and in a marriage and then end up single again. And so it's so important that we go to the scriptures and we know how are we to reflect the character of Christ in our singleness. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning and I, I can tell you right now, I intended in college to stay single for a long time. All my friends knew I was not going to Bible college for that MRS degree that everybody talked about. I was determined I was not going to get married. All of the people would joke about how I was going to be the old lady with all of the cats crocheting, because I crochet, uh, crocheting on my front porch. And then I met this really cute dude my first weekend at Bible school. And a couple years later, we were married. So I was not single as long as I thought I was going to be. It was not my plan, but, you know, God has better plans. His ways are better than ours. So we have two experts who are coming this morning to share about this. So would you welcome John and Bree to the platform this morning? Thank you guys so much. John, I'm going to hand that to you because I know you're going to use that. Um, but for those of you, who, those of, uh, of us who don't know you guys very well, would you take a minute, share just a little bit about yourself, maybe how you came to NCC, um, what your role is kind of here in ministry, volunteer ministry, and then um, something fun about yourselves, hobby, something that you like. Okay. Uh, I'm John. Uh, I've been part, going to NCC since uh, January 9th. 2011, the reason I know that date is because that was the first Sunday NCC existed. Uh, so I've been part of this church since then, but technically even longer. Uh, some of you are aware that we actually have a complicated history of this church. Before NCC, there's prehistory, and before that, there's prehistory. If you go back far enough, uh, this fellowship was actually part of one in Dallas, and uh, when I was Fewer than 100 hours old, I was dedicated as a baby. So <laughs> that, I go back that far. So this NCC is basically my uh, life church, you know. Something fun about myself, uh, not a lot of people know this, but uh, when I had to have my wisdom teeth removed, I had to have seven removed. I had three How? extra. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay. That's not really something you typically want extra. Hey, and share just a bit, John. A lot of people know, and if you come and you hear Pastor Aaron talk, he'll talk about John a lot. So kind of share just a bit about how you help on the sermon and teaching team here. Yeah, well, uh, I did attend Southwestern, the Simples of God, in uh, Waxahachie. I also uh, went to seminary up in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, and about two, two, three times a year, uh, I'm invited and to sit in on a little uh, meeting where we discuss uh, a planned sermon idea and we submit uh, 
sometimes topics, sometimes scripture references or whatever. It, it all depends on what they're asking of us. But uh, we uh, bring our ideas to the table and then we discuss who has the best idea, what, what, where we think the Lord is leading. And then uh, whoever's preaching that Sunday, you know, gathers those notes and uh, compiles them for their own sermon. It's, it's really awesome. So if you ever have a random question about scripture, you might not appreciate me doing this, but I love going to John and I'll be like, what? Is, I read this the other day. Like, what do you think about that? He's an incredible theologian. And it is really important. You guys know, like what you hear from this platform is typically not from one person. It's a team atmosphere where we hold each other accountable to make sure we're sticking to scripture. So we love and appreciate John. How about you, Bree? A little bit about your history and here at NCC. Um, hey y'all. I'm, I've been a part of NCC since 2016, which I'm happy that I remember that date because I'm the worst at remembering dates, I'm not going to lie. Um, I was a typical church kid, grew up in the church, had churches and families, my godfather's the pastor, all the things. Um, and then adulthood is really where it was like, you know, I have to take ownership of my faith individually and um, the Holy Spirit led me to NCC. And... Um, it was through that, that I was just, I just started like some of you, <laughs> like when we say serve, like just, just take the leap, y'all just take the leap. Um, I started serving in different areas and worship was probably the first primary one. And then NYC, and then that led to, you know, um, being the senior pastor there and yeah, it's just a nice journey. Um, I've definitely been challenged here at NCC. That's one thing that I really uh, appreciate about our church because you, you're not encouraged to just be comfortable. You're, you're encouraged to change and evolve and, and really push through your faith and be alongside Jesus and see where you're meant to grow. And in terms of a fun fact, um, what's a fun fact? Uh, I've walked on fire before, yeah, so that's a fun fact, and uh, if you want, are interested to know what that's about, you know. I'll let and you you're know. like a professional dance instructor. You know, yeah, you know. She's a dance instructor. <laughs> well, most, I mean, most people know that. Yeah, I was trying to do something different, you know, but I was definitely known as <laughs> um, the dancer. Uh, that's definitely another part of an extension of who I am. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. So thank you guys for being here. Really appreciate you and all the wisdom. Uh, can you start off just by sharing some biblical examples of single people from the scriptures and what we learn and what we can, the lessons we can take away from what we see in their lives in the scriptures? I'll start. I'm going to go with the ultimate Jesus. Hello. I mean, that's why we're here uh, <laughs> for someone, especially for those that are single or have been single, you know how people do. You know, they look at you and they'll be like, oh, you know, so when? When are you going to get married? Are you going to be single forever? And I'm just like, my throwback card is Jesus. I mean, what you, how, how can you, like, deny that? If we're supposed to be followers of Christ, then, you know, he's the ultimate example. And one of the things that is really interesting is that you know, is thought that he started his ministry in his 30s. And so for me, that's inspiring and encouraging for those who are, you know, not teenagers, not in their 20s, who are like, man, when is it, you know, am, am, I'm getting old, you know, I, I don't know, like, where, where's my life leading me, you know, and that's really where 
your next chapter can be in your 30s and your 40s. You just don't know. And so you can read all about just how, honestly, he had that foundational that foundation laid prior to his ministry, you know, we knew of his coming, you know, and it was laid all the way through from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And so if you really just pay attention to that thread and just know that one, don't give up on continuing to take steps forward and just know that your calling is your calling. When it's time, it'll be time. And so again, you can read about Jesus' life in the Gospels. Um, another example I would give is even with Ruth. Um, I am a female, so I have, you know, it only makes sense that I talk about her. Uh, <laughs> if you go into the story of Ruth, she was a young woman who was a widow. And so I know we have some women here who, are, you know, there are widows. And Either you might have been a younger person or later in, you know, a season in life. But with her, something that you can um, follow is how she remained faithful to her mother-in-law, which she was young enough to remarry, you know, and, and her mother-in-law wanted to go. Naomi, she wanted to go back to, you know, her home and, and travel and things like that. But Ruth remained faithful and was like, no, I'm going to follow you. She left her culture, her comfortability to be faithful to and with her mother-in-law. And through that, she was seen, you know, um, <laughs> and found her husband. And we can trace Jesus and King David's lineage back to her. And so, again, just to remain encouraged in that. And I have to mention this other person, too. Um, Another female, I have to do it, I have to do it. Lydia, um, not, not everybody really pays attention to her, you know, but if you really look back into the word and she was, if you look in today's context, she was an entrepreneur, okay? She was a business woman, okay? She was about that life, right? Um, and, <laughs> you know, when she met Jesus and not met Jesus, but met uh, Paul and Silas, who talked to her about Jesus. So she was someone who believed in God, but she is noted as being one of the early converts of Christianity, okay? And so from there, that's when she got baptized, and that's when she, you know, invited them into her home. And we don't know, you know, I mean, we weren't there, but we don't know has she not opened the doors into her home if other people would hear the story of Christ and if other, you know, and build upon that foundation and build more believers. And so even now people will even go back and say that she was responsible for the early church. And so again, we see different examples in the Bible of people who were, you know, single quote unquote, that still helped build that foundation in that kingdom of God. And I also wanted to make a note that's funny and like I, I find ironic, but you know, um, if you think about Adam sending into the world when he was single, you know, <laughs> so if you ever, you need to just be encouraged, you know, just be like, well, you know, Adam started off single and he had a, he started before he had a relationship with his mate, his woman with God first. And so again, I just want to keep just encouraging you guys who are on that journey to know that you're not alone and there's a purpose and a plan. That's really good. I love all that. That's great.
John, what, what do you think? Well, if you do a search online for singles in the Bible, you, you'll get a list of varying numbers, you know, sometimes four or five, eight, and they'll go by the same people, Jesus, you know, Ruth, you know, uh, some will suggest, you know, well, uh, Daniel's probably single, uh, Jeremiah was single. These are great. I mean, they can encourage you. Hey, these people were single. You can do it too. Yeah, we need those. But you know, to be honest, most singles aren't interested in that. They want their in their mind. They're thinking, how can I get married? And you know, we're trying to get unsingle. And most of the rules that are in that part are the same rules for everybody. It's not like there's a secret. You know thing that singles get to follow. It's not like there's a singles Bible, you know, a married Bible, you know. It's, I mean, sure, they might market it that way, you know, in those packages. Yeah. But we cannot, but there, there's something else that we can learn. It's not just for the people who succeeded, but for somebody who failed as a single. And those lists never mention those. And I want to mention somebody that failed, Samson. Mm-hmm. Samson died a single, and he died because of his failure. And most of you have at least heard the story of Samson and Delilah and how he failed there. I want to talk about the time he got married and the, the, that process. He, he went down to the city of Timnah. He saw a girl, pretty cute. He came back home says, Dad, Mom, I found the girl I want to get married to. Uh, and his parents were like, come on, she's a Philistine. Can't you get married to one of the Israelites? You know, that's what you're supposed to do. He's like, Mom, Dad, you don't get it. She is so cute. <laughs> and so one thing leads to another. They end up getting married. And the story is actually a lot darker than I'm going <laughs> to mention here. But during the wedding, he makes a uh, bet with the Philistine men that uh, they have to solve a riddle within a week's time. And after three days they can't solve the riddle so they start pressuring his wife you know come on give us this answer give us this answer and at the end of the week she has pestered him so much that he gives in she goes off immediately betrays him gives the answer to the men and then then uh, Samson has to pay up now in Samson's defense he was probably a teenager at this time uh You know this because he asked his parents to arrange the marriage. And in her defense, you know, she was receiving death threats. So it's not like she just wanted to know the answer. She was receiving death threats. But when you look at it, the foundation of their marriage was the fact that she was cute. It was not based on the Lord. It wasn't based on anything that really matters. It's based on the fact that he liked the way she looked. And since they didn't have a relationship based on the Lord, their, their marriage actually failed. She ends up dying. And, of course, uh, Samson ends up having relations with two other women. None of them are based on relationships with the Lord. And so Samson failed in that regard. He was called to be a leader of the people, not just a physical warrior to deliver the people from the Philistines, but he was also called to be a spiritual leader. And he was anything but... And I love that. And I think sometimes, like, we do have the tendency in the church to, like, 
focus on the exemplary people of the Bible, like the people who supposedly did it all right. And the truth is we learned so much. First of all, everybody in the Bible screwed up. Um, and that's encouraging for us, but that's a great lesson. So let's take that a step further and look at like, then what are some scriptures that help us to understand our calling and like the meaning of that, that singleness in our life? So, and we've talked about this before, but like God calls single people and can show his love in this very wide array to the world where God uses marriage and the love of marriage to show this depth of his love, right? And, and so how, how does scripture show us that our calling is to look in that stage of our life of singleness, whether it's early or later or wherever it falls? Well, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7 is basically this entire series in a nutshell. It's relationships. It deals with what to do if you're married, what to do if you're divorced, what to do if you're, you know, never married. And one thing that Paul encourages single people, hey, you know, I know you want to get married, but you've got an advantage. If you really want to win people to the Lord, you've got an advantage because, see, if you're married, you've got to meet your calendar with their calendar. You know, you can't just go off and do things whenever you want to. Amen to that. But if you've got your own time, you can schedule things to do on your time, you can really be most effective, help people, whatever their needs are in the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a love chapter. Uh, it's often read at weddings. You need to look at people who treat you this way, who love you, who show these things. If they don't, then your, again, your marriage is, does not have a strong foundation. It, or your relationship, even if it's just boyfriend and girlfriend, if they, if they don't treat you with love and respect, you don't really need to have anything to do with them. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14, this is an important one for when you're looking to get married. Do not be uh, joined together with an unbeliever. Now, Samson, the reason his parents told him not to get married with a Philistine girl is because actually the Old Testament says not to. What happens is the Philistines try to get him to worship their God, or, and if they, he doesn't, she's going to pester him to do that, and things are going to get compromised in same thing happens with Christians. No matter how strong you are with the Lord, if you marry an unbeliever, they're going to come at you at some time or another, and you're going to struggle in your marriage in that way. And for those of you that are just convinced, you can do it anyway, does it matter? Well, think about this. Do you plan to have children? Whose religion do you think your kids are going to follow? You're going to give them a choice instead of just your recommendation, instead of saying, hey, we need you to follow Jesus, they, they don't know who to believe, mom or dad. If you really love the children that you don't yet have, you will marry somebody that believes that Jesus Christ is Lord. What about you, Bree? Yeah, when I'm thinking about this particular question, I, I went a different route because I'm like, I, I was like, I already know my guy John is going to, you know, cover certain passages when it talks about singleness. But I wanted to talk to just everybody, those in different seasons of life, period. And some scriptures that came to mind were, for example, Proverbs, it goes back to what you were talking about, John, honestly, but Proverbs 4.23, um, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. For those that typically ask others who are single, 
oh, so when are you going to, you know, get married or, what, you know, what's going on? Da, 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 da. I want you to think about the perspective of maybe why they may have that boundary of singleness in this season of their life. It could be very well because they want to set up boundaries in their life to make sure that when that person comes along, that they're equally yoked, that they have that strong foundation, and then they're not just, you know, quick to, oh, you check all the other boxes, so let's just do this. Like, you are a cherished person. Like, God chose you. You are a gift, you know, and so we have to be very careful with with our gift, you know, and our choices. Um, another verse that came to mind, too, is for those who are single and may be questioning because of what society says um, and what culture says, to, you know, you're questioning your position in your life, go back to Psalms um, 25, 4 through 5. It says, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. Again, everything that we do, every decision that we make, can't be based on our flesh, fleshly desires. It needs to be based on our relationship with God and where he's leading us and prompting us to go and what steps to take and the paths. Um, again, he's, he's our partner. Like, if you think of a business, like, he's our partner. So you want to make sure that he's with you in those decision-making times. And then, you know, Psalms 139, 14, this particular uh, version or translation, it says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Other versions will say, fearfully, wonderfully made. I like complex because we're layered people. We're multidimensional. And so, again, if you are single and that's your desire, you know, marriage and things like that, and you're not along that path yet, you haven't found that person, I want to encourage you to just continue to not feel like, man, I'm failing at life. Like, no, you are, again, a gift. You're multidimensional. You know, there's layers to you. And so remember what God says you are, not what society says. Because, again, after you reach a certain point, it's like, you know, people be questioning, asking you all random questions. You're just like, no, that's not the case, but all right. Thank you for those questions. Um, as you can see, I'm one of those people on the receiving end of those random questions. Uh, <laughs> but, um, again, I just wanted to share those different uh, verses to just as a way of encouragement. Yeah, I mean, I think it's encouraging to hear um, just how you guys have even just challenged yourself and how you've. It, you're both so confident in the stage of life that God has you in entrusting. And I think that's what's so difficult is each of us, whether we're single or we're married or we're young or we're older, it's trusting God with the story, right? And trusting God with his timing. And sometimes that can be really hard. So how do you feel like you have found joy and contentment, like in this season of singleness in your life, no matter how long that it lasts, where where has that been just a source of joy um, for you and not feeling like I'm just looking for that next stage? You know, we're not just looking for uh, getting married right now. Like we're enjoying the season that we're in. I know for me, 
one, I always say, I'm like, well, I'm in the season of life where I can be selfish. Like, <laughs> like what y'all talked about earlier about having to sync stuff and coordinate things. And, you know, I mean, that's a skill within itself. Good job to those who have to do it. But, you know, I, in this season of my life, I, I can be selfish. There's a little bit more leniency um, in my schedule. Even taking a nap, like... I feel for all you parents out there with young ones, too. Because, I mean, I'm just saying, I, if I want to take a nap, I can take a nap, you know? Uh, <laughs> and then, um, and for me, I, ins- I don't want to say I insert myself into your families, but I insert myself into your families, you know? You know, I call her Ange. Y'all can't call her that, but, you know, Angela. <laughs> That's my Miha, you know? Like That's my daughter <laughs> that she's talking about. <laughs> And so, like, we joke, you know, she'll, like, you know, you my Mexico mama. It's a whole story, you know. But she'll, she'll say, well, I got it from you, you know, just certain things. Or even with AC, I'll call him my primo. And he's like, prima. I'm like, all right. And so, you know, I, I find ways to where, yes, I'm single, but I still have family. I still have community. I still have connection. And I'm able to do things that I love to do. You know, I like to read. I like music. I like dancing. Um, all the things. And so there's areas in my life where I can just freely go and do and engage and pick up new hobbies, learn new things um, in the season of life. And if I'm able to serve other individuals and people, again, I have more of a freedom to be able to do that because, you know, even with the word of having to, oh, we have to coordinate and figure out certain things and yeah, and so there's a piece with that. Yeah, I love that. What about you, John? Well, saying that I have joy and contentment, it's not like, yay, I'm single. I'm not going to get up here on this couch and jump down saying, hey, I'm happy to be single. It, it, it doesn't work like that. Uh, being single can be depressing at times, very lonely. And, you know, most people who, do, who are happy to be single, some of their uh, people who just got out of a terrible marriage, they're happy to be free of that marriage. You have the people that are just playing the field, living a life of sin. And then you have the women that are saying, I don't need no man to make me happy. <laughs> you know, uh, hey, the Bible says women were made for men, not the other way around. So, yeah, I don't need a man. None of those are biblical perspectives, by the way. Uh, no, uh, best way, I hate to do it this way, but it's the only way I can think of it describe it is that you know when a Christian goes through a tragedy like they lose somebody you know when something bad happens you know they're they're it's obvious that they're miserable the people outside there that are unbelievers look at them and say why aren't they even acting even worse why do they look so well you know and when a strong believer is like that way well it's because they still have faith in the Lord and that faith fosters something called the joy of the Lord. It's that peace that yeah. makes them yeah. not as bad off, you know. Yeah. And I, I believe that's what it is with me. It's the joy of the Lord in me that says, you know, I, I wish I did have a wife. I wish I had kids. You know, every time I hear somebody young getting married and having kids, I get jealous. But... You know, I know who I serve. And just for the record, you know, 
this marriage stuff, having kids stuff, this, what we think of family is just here on earth. We have an entirely different relationship in heaven. And scripture tells us this, and you're not just going to be somebody I know in heaven. You're going to be more like a sister. And as strange as it sounds, you're not going to be married in heaven. Your kids aren't going to be considered your kids. Your, your parents aren't going to be considered your parents. It's all like you're all brothers or cousins, you know. And so, I mean, this stuff, what we want, it's down here. And we want this because God built this desire into us. But what gets me through is the joy of the Lord. No, I love that. You know, we talk in our house about um, the scripture that says, my grace is sufficient for you, like it's enough, and how God gives us the grace for what he throws at us, for what life throws at us. And so I appreciate the transparency and just the honesty that, like, it is hard sometimes, and, and just like... In marriage, sometimes it's hard that I can't, like, I can't do all the things you can do, you know, because I do have other commitments. And so I'm limited in what I can and can't do. And so accepting our limitations is always so hard and accepting sometimes the life God chose for us. But I love that, that it comes back to the faith, the trust and the faith we have that he's a good God and he can give us joy that sustains us even when it's difficult. Um, Really quickly, just any last words or points or scriptures of encouragement for anyone here who is single, maybe in a difficult season, maybe it's new, um, but any, anything that, any last things you'd like to toss out? Um, I want to, a few things. So if you are single and you have a desire of, you know, one day being married and you're just in the state of, oh, when is it going to happen? Or when am I going to find my person? Um, I want you to just remember that you are a prize, okay? You don't, sometimes it's going to take a while. And if God told you and promised that that day will come, he's a God of promises. And so don't try to go in your own timing. We can learn that with Abraham and Sarah. Now, granted, I understand, you know, it was some some decades, you know, before the promise was fulfilled, you know. And so, you know, some of us are like, wait a minute, we won't be that, you know season. But, you know, again, he's a God of promises. He's faithful. And you don't want to think about surgery. You don't want a doctor doing a rush job (laughs) on your surgery or a builder building you a house and your foundation is all just messed up. You want to just continue to just work on that foundation first and work on that relationship with God. And then everything else will fall into place. So I want to just continue to encourage you on that. For those of you who are um, single because, say, you're a widow, I want to keep you encouraged as well because I love, especially my elders, I love y'all. And so I want to keep y'all encouraged because there's that time in life where you're like, well, what's my gifting? Your gift is not over. You are not over. Your purpose here is not over. There's a reason why you are linked with certain people, the words that you have, like God is not done with you yet. And you can, you know, even go back to um, honor, and I don't know how you want to pronounce it, in the Bible, um, one of the prophetess that, you know, thank God when she saw Jesus in the temple as a baby, you can go back and read that. But again, your job is not over. And then I want everyone, just, just everybody to just 
even throughout the week to speak affirmations over yourself based on biblical foundations when there's those doubts that come into your head or the, the sadness of, you know, the lack of what you're lacking or your desires. Go back to what God says. Continue to remind yourself of his faithfulness and his promises. And so that's what I would encourage you guys with. I love that. Uh, first of all, to the married people, I have gratitude towards singles. We've already mentioned something a couple of times. Once in skit, she mentioned it, and something I have planned in my notes. So this might be a word from the Lord for somebody. Stop telling singles, you know, asking them, when are you going to get married? Now, there is a time and a place for that. If your son has been dating the same girl for three years and hasn't thought about popping the question, <laughs> maybe. Come on. Now. But, you know, most of the time, what singles hear is, you know, what's your problem? Right. You're a loser. What's wrong with you? Even if you say it kindly, what you do, you're digging in, reminding them, hey, you're not married. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. Also, if you go the other way, try to encourage encourage them, don't say, I'm sure you'll find somebody. First of all, you don't know that for a fact, unless the Lord has spoken to you. I mean, I could find somebody, but... Um. Yeah, the, unless the Lord has spoken to you, don't tell them that, because you don't know that for a fact. And, uh, what was the thought I had on there? Um... My apologies for this... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not the encouragement that singles want to hear. That's the other thing I want to say about that. Singles want the same thing that everybody else does. They want to have somebody to love and be loved. If you want to encourage them, somebody that's down because they're not married, find some way to show them your love for them. Have other people show their love for that person. Don't dig it in, you know, just because... All these things you do actually just reminds them, hey, you're not married. And, and that doesn't help the single. Yeah. For the singles, uh, this was a book, A Common Mistake Singles Make by Mary S. Welchel. Uh, I used this actually uh, when I briefly taught singles uh, some time ago. Uh, it's a very good book. I agree with about 98% of what she says in here. The 2% that I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, some of these get into quite some candid discussions about uh, our sexual attitudes and all. Uh, but they're taken from a biblical perspective. I believe she's a widow writing. Uh, she teaches singles classes. And this was a very good book. And uh, I don't think it's in print anymore. Uh, but you can get it from Amazon imprint, and you can also get it online as an ebook. So, uh, common mistakes singles make by Mary S. Welchel. I would highly recommend this book. Awesome. Will you guys give them a hand? Thank you guys so much. So appreciate all that you guys shared. And we're actually going to give this away. So, if uh, you're in the room and you're like, "Hey," I'm bold. I'm like, I want to take this book home today. Just call me up right up here. First person to get here gets this book. All right, come on now, Miss Kim. Thank you. Listen, I, I mean, we, we want to talk about real things here. We want to get real. And it's not, you know, we give books and we talk about difficult topics, not because um, we're trying to push anybody around, but because this matters, like you are designed with a purpose and a calling. God 
made you and breathed life into you with a calling and a purpose and a plan for your life. And sometimes, sometimes our plan doesn't match up with God's plan, right? Sometimes uh, we're single longer than we want. Sometimes we wait for kids longer than we want. Um, sometimes we, a relationship ends before we wanted it to, whether that's by death or divorce. And we face difficult situations in our lives. And we're here today because we believe that there is one person who is in charge of it all and he is trustworthy and he is good. And, and that is our father, our heavenly father. And so I, I don't want to fast forward through this without addressing, you might be here, you might be hearing my voice online and say, like, I get all of it. I, I don't have that kind of relationship with God. Like, I'm in the driver's seat of my life, and I realize I kind of made a mess of it. And uh, I don't know where to go from here, you know. Am, am I worth saving? Have I gone too far? No, no, you have not. And I want you to hear these words, like there is nothing you can do, there is no place you can go that can permanently separate you from the love of your heavenly father, ever, ever. He will always love you, he will always chase you, he will always pursue you because he's just that kind of a God. And so if you're here this morning and you're like, man, I, I don't have that relationship with God and honestly, it's kind of hard for me to think about trusting God with my life, but I'm willing to take that leap because it is a leap of faith, y'all. If this all made sense logically, we wouldn't be here today. It's a faith. It's something that we cannot see or touch, that we put our faith in Heavenly Father. And so if you're here and you're like, I, I, I want to take that step, we're going to pray a prayer. And all it says is, hey, I acknowledge I have screwed up. We have all sinned. Scripture says we have all sinned. We have all made a mess. We have all invested in the brokenness of our world. But the good news is we don't have to hustle and fix it all ourselves. We can't. God knew what we needed. We needed Jesus. And he came and he took all of the pain and the suffering and all the consequences of our sin and our mess on himself. Why? So he could gain something? Oh, because he wanted to restore our relationship with our heavenly father. And so this morning we can acknowledge that and step into that. And so we're gonna pray a prayer together. Everybody let's say this together out loud so nobody's praying aloud. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes just repeat after me. Jesus, I come to you. I have sinned. I acknowledge I messed up. I have taken control of my own life. But today I surrender it back to you. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Have your way in my life. Teach me to follow after you. I will go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I belong to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together for anyone who prayed that prayer today? And let me encourage you. There's nothing magical about saying that prayer. What the prayer does is it just is me saying out loud to God, but what happens next, that's where the change happens. 
It's when we say, I'm not just going to say this out loud. I'm actually going to follow that with some action. And so we, we don't want you to do that alone. We have Connect Track here, and that is the best way for you to figure out what does this look like for me to walk out my faith. You're not meant to live faith alone. You are meant to live in community. And so I encourage you, whether you prayed that prayer for the first time today, or maybe you're just newer to faith, or you've just never gone through Connect Track. You can come, you can meet with other people here at NCC. You can hear more about what we believe, discover some of your spiritual gifts and the way that God's wired you. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to connect with your faith and connect with your community of faith. But for everybody in the room, I, I wanna pray a prayer for us as well. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? You may be here today and this may have been hard. It may have been a hard Sunday because you're struggling in this season, whether that's in singleness, whether that's in marriage, whether wherever you are. And this has been difficult and you feel that tension and it's hard to hold in the tears. I wanna pray for you. You may be here today and you may know someone in your life that's in that season and it's hard to walk through it with them. We're gonna, we're gonna pray together and I encourage you, pray your own prayer to the Lord as well. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that you don't leave us abandoned trying to figure this all out on our own, but you've given us your word. It's living, it's active, it's challenging to us on a deep spiritual level. And God, I pray this morning for people in this room, people who hear my voice and they're struggling, they're broken, they don't understand why you've placed them in this season. It feels difficult and painful and and there's some mourning and there's some grief, God, I pray your comfort. Like we sang earlier, I speak the name of Jesus in a supernatural way, something that is beyond what we can understand. I believe you will bring comfort even now, Lord. Wrap your arms around them in the way that only you can do and remind them that they are loved and they are treasured, that they are not in this season because there's something wrong with them or they are broken. They are here because you love them and you know what is best and they can trust you. God, I pray for those of us in this room who, God, we have people in our lives, Lord, who are in different seasons. God, I pray you'd help us. Help us to speak words of life and love and encouragement. Help us, God, not to just follow the norms of the culture and expect people to just land on a relationship, God, but to, to speak in the way that you have shown us in your scripture, God, that we would love people in every season. Give us those words of life and encouragement. God, I pray just as we've taken these weeks to talk through relationship, remind us, God, you are the most important relationship we have. And you are gonna give us everything that we need, Lord, for all of the other relationships in our lives as we encounter this week, as we go from this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.